Welcome to After Diet Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be here with Caroline, Caroline Blanchett. Um, she is a sobriety coach. So please let us know what is a sobriety coach. <laughs> well, it sounds complicated in a way, and uh, it's not. It's very simple on the other. It's really, I'm helping people navigate uh, through sobriety. So, um, you know, I have a background in business. Clearly, I was in corporate for about 20 years. And um, one day I had the very unfortunate event of having an overdose. And it was an overdose basically with alcohol and sleeping pills. Um, I was a very high functioning alcoholic. Uh, so on the outside, my life was perfect. And, you know, I was married and my three kids, three dogs, the, the job, success and all of it. But on the inside, it wasn't going well. Mm -hmm. And on the inside, I knew I had a drinking problem. And uh, one of my biggest block was that I did not want to go to AA. I did not want to, you know, add that title to my resume. <laughs> I mm -hmm. didn't want to. I didn't want to put tags on myself to say that I was an addict or an alcoholic. So for years, I fought the idea of having these tags, always thinking, well, I can control what I drink, um, you know, and I was never really drunk. Um, actually, I would drink every night, but I would work while I was drinking. Mm. And sometimes I would go to bed, not remember what I sent for emails. <laughs> and I would get up in the morning and read it. And I was just like, wow, I'm smart. Um, you know, so I mean, everything on the outside made mm. total sense. It's really on the inside that it didn't make sense. And when I was um, saying it to my husband or close friends or family, everyone was telling me, you don't have a problem. You just need to control yourself. Mm. And I really tried hard and for long to control myself. But when, when, there's an, when you have an addictive personality, you know, quite often when you open a bottle of wine, you need to see the, the end of the bottle of wine. You will mm. stop when there's no more booze to drink. And um, so that basically was my situation. And um, unfortunately, I did ask for help. I did try to go to rehab. Like I did try to cry for help, I should mm -hmm. say. Um, but nothing happened until, you know, one day I took too much. I clearly lost all judgment. And I took too much and uh, fought for my life in ICU. Wow. Wow. I am sorry to hear what's happened with you but at the end I know you made the best your mess your mess became your message right now I know how many people you help right now yes so. I actually really like how you say that your mess becomes your message I learned that from you and I really like it um yes so uh I've been coaching people in business for years um, I'm in network marketing, but I also coach people in, you know, conventional business or in network marketing. And there's, I, I have the ability or whatever the, the, the traits that people tell me their life, you know? Mm -hmm. So quite often I would coach in business and when we would dig a bit deeper, it was all a question of personal growth or really blocks that they personally had. Because mm -hmm. quite often when you get to a certain level in business and you're really good at what you do, 
but you're still plateauing or you feel this emptiness inside of you or you feel like there's this black hole, even if you're successful and you're achieving all your quotas, your goals, your this, your that, um, quite often it's, it's personal. So you need to go to another level. And when I realized that, I started calling myself because <laughs> it's honestly the first time I hear it, uh, a sobriety coach, because I think it's not out there. And people who have or think they have a drinking problem, it's right now there's not a lot of alternate alternatives you go to rehab and you shut down your life for six weeks or two months or you go to aa and uh, not everyone identified to that movement it's great but not everyone fits there um so just the in between of dealing with it is not there yes quite often we'll we'll reach out for a therapist to you know talk about our whatever our problems marriage problem uh, family our personal problems, all of that. But it's really that emptiness that is not filled inside of us. And I think that when we go for substances like alcohol or drugs or shopping or food or sex, it's because we're trying to fill this, this big gap and void. So that's what I'm helping people do. Wow, it's a fantastic job. I do have people that um, suffer with... Uh a big partnership with alcohol. And, uh, and it's very sad to see it. You can see how amazing is the person. You can see the potential in the person. Um, and you can see that they actually cannot stop themselves without help. So we need help. And whoever is experiencing and, and think like, wow, I'm, doing, I'm drinking out of pain. And I'm constantly drinking. And if you think you don't have a problem, you might have it. Because uh, most of the alcoholics don't think they have a problem. But reach out for solution is everything. Because the person doesn't feel good inside. There is this emptiness that Caroline been talking. And it's, it, I, I suffer just to think someone is passing for this emptiness so reaching out for help is a must you have nothing to lose tell someone that you need help and ask for help please there is nothing to lose um, your life can be much more amazing and you are able to control uh, the emotions the feelings and the life without this substance and be fully happy I know everybody has this potential. It, we just need to tap in in the part that the trauma is not there. Just tap in in the strong part. Um, so your work goes to many, many pillars. Can you tell me one or two of the structures you really need to tap in? What is this? childhood is the life they are leading is that something common that goes on well I have to say I'm not a therapist like a certified therapist or a psychologist although I did study psychology um but I think that when you talk honestly with someone mm. uh and you accept to be vulnerable with someone which quite often will do better with a stranger than with a friend or our family yes 
because we never want to worry the family. We never want to worry our friends. But then a stranger, you'll be like a bit more factual. Like this is happening. That's how I'm reacting. And it's asking the right questions. So asking the right questions to find like, where is that void coming from? Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people think it's people who will have a trauma in their childhood that are more prone to that. Some will be like, uh, you know, big divorces or mm -hmm. the child of the loss of a child or stuff like that. It's not really, it can be different triggers for different people. What the people that I've worked with the most are business people and they're quite often very high productive business people that at some point just need to be vulnerable enough to admit that they can control their addiction and I think when you were talking about like if you think you have a problem I think that the good signs for that is when stuff start happening in your life that you feel you you're not in control and it, it's slipping through your hands you know like I don't know you're tired you're hungover you forgot an appointment you're not ready for a presentation when you were supposed to you know all of these little things these are all flags of there's something going on and um you know like for me it was really it's it's safer to not drink at all i'm an extremist so for me it's all or nothing and being in the nothing i feel comfortable because i don't have to manage myself i don't have to you know be mm -hmm. my own boss in that sense but there are some people that just want to understand what's going on, where are my weaknesses, and what kind of plan can we put together to, you know, make sure that it doesn't deteriorate other stuff. So oh. I would say it's really um, working with people's vulnerability and asking the right questions. And I'm not judgmental and I accept, you know, so, and I think that a big part is having gone through it, people mm -hmm. are like, okay, you know, I remember the first time I heard Brene Brown mm. saying that she uh, was a recovering alcoholic. Mm. I was like, what? <laughs> Such a brilliant woman from whom I'm taking all of, you know, I'm reading all of her books and, and I'm absolutely devouring her information. I'm like, what? So it's really also demystifying the fact that we're not bad people or mm. it doesn't take away any of our strengths. It's just that we have this one weakness that we need mm -hmm. to work harder on. And actually, like on my business cards and all of that, I'm not called a sobriety coach. I'm called a transformation coach or a business coach because I think that just a word like sobriety coach is also um, scary. Mm. Yes, I understand you. Um, yeah, most of the people, unfortunately, feel they've never been fully heard or understood. Uh, because I have a lot of intuition and I can pick it up others' bodies and understand them deeply, sometimes they, they feel like, but I don't believe that anybody could understand me. Um, so I, I fully understand that people are lacking in being understood and being uh, hurt and, and someone understand what they are going through and people just uh, washing over. I was actually talking with a client today, how much we don't learn to communicate. So we don't hear each other, 
we think we are hearing, we are not. We're just talking out of our own world and responding with our own interpretation, which is very different than stop and listen with empathy. And then actually answering with empathy. And this is a work as a skill which everybody should work on because we don't learn in the, usually I didn't learn in my family. We don't learn in the family. We don't learn in the school. We, we don't learn anywhere, but there is books about, there is coaches that does this. So it's fully important mission. Um, yes. What do you think about um, this communication that I'm talking? Um, talk a little bit what you think is lacking on um well I think that first of all you know we don't like you said we don't learn that in school because it's the human base the human communication we don't learn these things we don't um and I I also feel we don't learn um from a young age and that's not as true now for new generation that there's so many differences and differences are okay. Um, And I have an example for that. My son, um, I'm French, my husband is English. So since my kids are born, I speak to them in French, he speaks in English. And I remember when my son was about two or three, we were in Vancouver in an English neighborhood and I spoke to my, my son in French and the other little kid beside said, does he also speak normal? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, well, yeah, English is not normal, but for you it is. But it's it's just like, uh, you know, we're not born with, um, we're born being ourselves and, and thinking that this is normal. But when you start opening to the fact that we are all different in our belief, in our way to communicate, in our way to interpret what people say, um, in, in everything, basically, I think that um, there's a lot of work to be done there to really open our mind. And that goes for cultures and, you know, everything that is attached to it. But yeah. it is a huge component because the way you're raised and the way you communicated in your family and the fact if you're a woman or a man, these are all affecting how you communicate. Yeah. So it's adjusting ourselves to who we're communicating with. And I'm not saying in like in general in business, but in your personal relationship, it's worth taking the time to really understand the personality of someone. Uh, you know, there's so many books written on the subject that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. When I was younger, I thought this was all, you know, not true. <laughs> Now, <clears throat> I know it's so true. <laughs> so, you know, we do communicate differently. So, yeah, communication is such a huge part. And, um, you know, I have to say that even me, probably the way I was communicating it to my husband that I had a problem, I was not communicating it in a way that he understood. Mm-hmm. So for him, like, I was being overdramatic. Mm-hmm. I was being, yeah, a drama queen. Mm. until he saw me in the hospital Mm. he was just like oh that was his wake-up call too yes i i I truly understand what you are saying i truly understand how sometimes we get stuck in our ways of uh yeah this is just drama it's just women it's just drama not that the person is bad but maybe they didn't learn to like it's important 
every single word of a human being is important and there is something behind. Um, I learn in a hard way, but I learn it. And I try to really deeply pay attention. Um, I read a book that was deeply touching for me, which was Nonviolence Communication. And, um, and it's a taking from Buddhism uh, in communication. And it's, uh, it's powerful. It's a very good book. Um, the other thing I, I, I taught, as you say, about high-level people having problems with um, alcohol, drugs, or whatever, I, I think high-level people, um, they usually stop paying attention on self-care and themselves. And there is all these pressures of events, deadlines, um, productivity, family, and everything in between. And where is the time for self-care to them to know who they are, to do something good for themselves? In my idea, this play a part. And Huge. Huge. Isn't it? And actually, like, one of the big things that I teach people in general, actually, in, in, in my company and... Um, I try to teach it to my kids, but clearly they're teenagers, so I don't know what I'm saying. But, you know, what I try to teach everyone is how to organize yourself mm. and how to plan ahead. And I was always the rebel saying, oh, I'm just going to live free and, you know, go and, and do things as they come and blah, blah, because I did not want to be restricted to you know an agenda <laughs> and then I started having higher and higher position in corporate so I would follow the corporate agenda and I would have that but really my life was not planned mm. just like my hours of work were planned my meetings were planned but outside of that it wasn't planned and you said it so perfectly I was doing zero self-care mm. you know my my um my goals were to be a great mom, to be a great boss, to be a great friend, to be this, 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 but really like who was taking care of Caroline? Like no one. And now I really switched everything like 10 years ago and I am planning all my days before my days begin. And you need to put self-care in there because if you don't put that, you will sink at some point, you know? Yeah. And I don't know about you, but I'm in a generation that was raised as, you know, don't be selfish, don't be too, um, too pretentious, don't brag. So I was raised into, um, don't take time for yourself. Don't, uh, don't give yourself too many compliments. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, like if I would say, oh, wow, I love my hair today. I would get the, wow, that's conceited, but it's not, it's learning how to appreciate yourself and love yourself. And with that, also comes the fact that, hey, if I get a massage, it's not because I'm a princess, <laughs> you know, it's because a massage is really good for your physical health, your mental health, and everyone should have one, you know, every month or whatever. But I mean, that's all changing patterns that we were raised in. Yes, that's something, first, the me time is something that even I put in my book, Time Management, which is the self-care time management. And I teach people uh, to put it as the chapter five is so important because otherwise it doesn't help. It uh, doesn't happen because everybody else is going to manage your agenda 
Panoyu. So that's one thing. The other thing is um, self-care, the way you were saying, uh, and this imposition from society, community, whatever we learn it, is something I deeply have to work with all my clients because I, I teach them to say, what is the part mo most beautiful in your body? They're like, no, nothing. And, I'm, and then I go through. Now, you got to love some part of your body. It doesn't matter if it's your nail, uh, your eye, your, your wrist, anything. But you got to love something. Because unless you love yourself, it's very difficult to have um, a true love that you can pour out in others. You say, if the container is empty, it doesn't have anything to give, but we still try. And that leads to this, um, these problems that we face, if it's numbing with drugs or anything. But there is another way, which is being hard and uh, making a plan and having solutions and uh, having a purpose in life, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Sorry, but I'm going to say that. Um... I've always been a very goal-driven person, uh, financial and business. I always had goal and I mostly achieved them, all of them. But personally, I would not put myself goals. And personally, I didn't think I was worth, you know, these goals. And personally, the, the hardest question I had, I had to answer was like when we would be in self-development classes or whatever and like on the go people would be like write your why for your life write your purpose and inside of me I would write really cool things but inside of me I was just like I have no idea what my purpose is I know I'm a mom I'm a wife I'm this and I'm that like I knew my hats but my purpose like for being born and being here I could not answer and I'm sure that if, you know, we ask your listeners right now, what's your purpose? Probably only 50% can answer truly that they know it. Mm. And, uh, and sometimes uh, people also think, uh, oh, it's something so grandiose, so amazing. But purpose can be uh, small, can, can ever changing, isn't it? Can be change your purpose now in five years time or one year time you change. But it's something that gives you life, isn't it? <laughs> Absolutely. If you had one um, message, just one message you could share with us, uh, what would that be? Um, I, I think it would be like uh, work hard on finding your truth and live in your, in your truth no matter what. Uh, it's extremely hard when you discover your real truth so you know your values your feelings who you are your personality what you like what you don't like so your true self it's really hard after to go and ignore that so that means that when events happen in your life you'll realign with your values you mm -hmm. always go and realign with your truth and um for me that was the biggest anxious like the thing that gave me the most anxiety was to define my truth because you know it's it's stressful but on the other end now it's like it's so much more calming because I know when I do something that 
whatever the result is or you know what happens after it was always done with me being true so you know it's almost like when you don't lie you don't have lies to remember <laughs> so you can just go on and keep on being honest and it's gonna happen so be honest with yourself be true with yourself wow that's <laughs> that's that's a very good lesson thank you how does my audience can find you and i'm gonna put in the notes of the show as well well, it's very simple. So uh, my website is triple www.simplycaroline.com. And on social media, I'm all Simply Caroline as well. So that was simply amazing. That was amazing. I'm extremely honored to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you.